There are very few things that investors can do that are free. But what about a podcast that delivers educational content on investing, saving strategies, financial planning, topical items of interest, and maybe even the odd wacky topic? Welcome to Free Lunch. Hosted by Greg Kramitsky and Colin Andrews of the CM Group at CIBC Wood Gundy, Free Lunch will bring listeners the firm's vast knowledge and experience in dealing with uncertainty to help clients achieve their vision through a deep understanding of what is important to them that requires planning, money, and time. Learn more and subscribe today at markets-work.com. Welcome back to the Free Lunch Podcast with Greg Kraminski and Colin Andrews. And last week, Greg, Blair took your chair. Yeah, that was great. He snuck in there for one, <laughs> interviewed Christine Dixon from Prairie Therapy. And we talked with Christine about what an osteopath is, what osteopathy is, and why it's important, and linked planning, be it in finances or health, to outcomes. And today we're continuing our mini-series on health and wealth, as this is a lead-up to our next webinar, because on June 24th, we are hosting a webinar on health and wealth, a follow-up to the one we hosted about nine months ago. You remember that one, Greg? I do, yeah. Right in the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, right when everything was hitting the fan, we had Dr. Kevin Fonseca join us, a clinical virologist, and he's going to join us again on June 24th, and he's going to present an update on all things COVID-related, and of course, we're going to present on all things investment related because that's what we do. But for today, we're going to continue our health and wealth mini series. And we are so pleased to have Charlene Valentine. Is it Valentine or Valentine? I should ask you, Charlene. Hi, <laughs> that's a great question. It's Valentine all okay. the way. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you for making that right for me. So Charlene's joining us today and she's going to talk about habits and goal setting and goal achieving and before the listeners start to ask, like, what the heck does this have to do with investing? Greg, people are going to ask that, right? They will. And the answer is it has a lot to do with it. Yeah, because as much as we focus on the health aspect of an investment portfolio, diagnosing investments through a financial plan, tracking the progress of those investments to a goals-based report, I mean, the same things can be done in a health aspect. So for today, we're going to see where this discussion takes us. And Charlene, welcome to the Free Lunch Podcast. Hi, thank you, Colin and Greg, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and to speak on this stuff. Because as you said, to your point exactly, mindset is everything. Exactly. And well, listen, thanks again for joining us, Charlene. And first of all, tell us your story. How did you end up where you are today? I'd love to share. I mean, it was kind of linear in an aspect. I'm a nutrition coach and a mindset coach. I overcame a severe eating disorder when I was in my teenage years. And this eating disorder arose when I was suffering with self-doubt and low confidence issues. I was using food as a means to feel better on the inside, but really it just stemmed from really having a poor mindset and just struggling with a lot of self-sabotaging behavior. I was really disconnected from my self-talk and I was really just in a really bad place. So I kind of hit the so-called rock bottom and I was using kind of food as a means to feel better, but obviously it didn't work. I kept trying to change my habits and use different types of behavior change to feel better, to get healthier. And nothing was working until I discovered the power of the mindset. But before I get to that, when I worked through my eating disorder after nutrition school, I started to become a health coach in the corporate world, helping people with chronic diseases like diabetes, heart disease, high cholesterol get better. And doing the coaching, it's great and it's really empowering, but trying to coach someone 
by just changing their behavior, just changing their actions won't really be sustainable until you change the story in your mind. Because the things that we say to ourselves are the reasons why we do the things that we do. So when I finally figured that out, and it took me a lot of figuring that out, it took me hitting rock bottom, realizing that doing all these different things wasn't working and changing my habits. Came across NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which is basically, it's just a modality that tells you a lot about mindset and why we do the things we do, why we think the way we think, and how to change our thoughts to match our behaviors and become successful with our goals. So I enrolled in a program to be a certified Neuro Linguistic Programming, not a very attractive name, but... (laughs) And using that like mindset techniques and holistic healing through eating healthy food, I was able to finally heal my eating disorder. And that empowered me to not only continue doing nutrition coaching in the corporate world, but to also break free and do mindset holistic coaching. So it's a very mind, body, health way about coaching. I got to ask you a question about that. In the investment world, we talk about things like cognitive biases or heuristics or mental shortcuts on why people make the decisions they make because things are always so obvious after the fact like why did I buy that GameStop stock because that was so stupid but when you're in the midst of it these heuristics these mental shortcuts are kind of what take over is it the same thing in your world is that what you're kind of describing it is it's like our inner dialogue the things that we say to ourselves every day take over so if we don't control our minds, our minds will control us. And the crazy statistic is like 95% of our thoughts every day are repetitive and 85% are negative, which is a wow. crazy percentage. It's like mind-blowing. It really makes you think, what are we saying to ourselves? And a lot of the times we're not in charge of it. Our inner dialogue is a lot of that behind-the-scenes thinking, which is a part of our mind called the subconscious mind that is responsible for our identity, our beliefs, our thoughts. And so I think the first step is just becoming aware of that, realizing that you have the power to change the story and your thoughts. And when you do, then your behaviors, then your actions will follow through. Interesting. So tell us, so what does a mindset coach do? Like, how do you approach this challenge with your clients? I approach it very holistically. I think one of the first things is just asking my clients what their struggle is, what their roadblock is, what's not going right in their life and what they would like to fix and overcome getting really, really clear about that. Cause a lot of people like they can focus on what they don't want, but they have a hard time actually clarifying what they do want. So I think it's changing the story and becoming more the driver and realizing that you have more of the power to change and change the story into something a little bit more empowering and focusing on what you do want to change. And then when you focus on what you want to work towards realizing what roadblocks are in the way and those roadblocks in the NLP world, we call them limiting beliefs the stories that you tell yourself that isn't necessarily true. And it's definitely not empowering. I can't do this because of X, Y, and Z. And we challenge that because half the reason why we go about the way we do things and it's not successful is because we're letting these self-limiting beliefs get in the way. Well, because 85% of what you're telling yourself is negative all day is what you just told me, right? So (laughs) it makes sense that they get in the way. (laughs) Where do those beliefs come from? Those beliefs, they come from conditioning. As you grow up, not on purpose, but parents have a lot to do with the way that we think the way we think and everything we pick up when we're young. I was just telling someone this the other day. It's when we're, I think before the age nine, we're a walking subconscious mind. And what that means is you're not aware of your world and you don't know, you don't have rules on your world when you're a kid. So you don't form any hard rules or beliefs on how things should be. 
So before you're nine years old, you're going about your life just by how you feel about things. But it's funny, as you get older, you like place these self-limiting beliefs on yourself. And then you all of a sudden have all these rules about how the way the world works and how, what you can do and what you can't do. And without those self-limiting beliefs, does one become a sociopath? (laughs) That's a great question. (laughs) I'll save that for another day. (laughs) On your website, and we'll have to get the listeners the contact information for you by the end of the show, but you talk about level up coaching. What is level up coaching? Level up coaching, I think in my terms, is just improving yourself. It's self-mastery on more than one level. One of my favorite quotes is like, when you improve one area of your life, you improve all the rest. And when I healed my relationship with food, I healed my mindset. I was able to become more of a well-rounded person in my relationships, career, et cetera, finances, you name it. So I've integrated my like learnings and then my six plus years of holistic health coaching into this program where I help people really get clear on what's holding them back. Like I said, challenging that and really coaching them through getting back to their intuition and the person that they came on this earth to be and really like change the story into something a little bit more empowering. But then we also do take a look at not just the mental health, but the physical health and how our actions can be self-sabotaging as well too, and how we can improve that for the better. It seems like there's obviously a very tight correlation between mental health and physical health. What are the sort of more common issues that you deal with your clients about? You've mentioned food. That was an issue for yourself. Is that a common denominator? What are the major things and how do they interact with each other? Food is definitely a common denominator um, with a lot of the clients. And there's always something. And that one thing, whether it is food issues or even insecurities around money, relationship issues, career, you name it, that one thing is not always the same with all the clients, but there is that starting point. And then once we get to the root cause of what's causing that issue, for me, it was like low self-esteem, low confidence. And I see that as a common theme with a lot of my clients. Once we identify that and then we change the story, we really challenge that limiting belief. We're able to kind of heal other aspects of their life. So if it's self-doubt that's holding you back, you're not going to be confidently taking action on your goals. You're not going to be supporting your health. You won't believe that you're have what it takes to be financially secure, things like that. So it can manifest in so many other areas of your life. Self-esteem is a big one. I've been reading a lot about self-esteem and how there's some people out there that say that sort of the world suffers from low self-esteem in general. And I see it in our investment clients, Greg, when we talk about people know what decisions they should be making, but then they make different ones. That's kind of like what you just described. You know what you need to do to be healthy, but then you go to the fridge and eat something that you know you shouldn't. Isn't that kind of the same thing? Definitely. Because it becomes automatic. It becomes second nature. It's comfortable. It's like your comfort zone. So to go and change that, it's like, whoa, that's stepping outside the comfort zone. What does it take for people to come to you? What happens? Lots of people, as you talked about, so many people out there have issues or limiting beliefs and things like that. But what does it take for somebody to say, okay, this is a problem for me and I need to get help as opposed to just going on and living their lives with these beliefs, but not really taking action? Well, I mean, there's some people who are ready to change and some who aren't. And for people who don't realize that they have a problem that they need to be fixed or solved or improved on, sometimes it takes a little bit of time for them to realize that for myself, that's my story. I had to hit rock bottom until I realized that the only way to go was to go up. 
So there's that. And there's also just being aware, I think more self-awareness, honestly, in whether it's doing things like this and getting the word out on noticing your behaviors, noticing your thought patterns and becoming aware of what's not working in your life and just realizing that you have the power to change that. A lot of people can focus on what they don't want, but they don't realize that they have options. I think that's one of the biggest things. When my clients come to me, I'll say something so simple and it's just like, wow, you just don't realize that you have options to do something differently. So just raising that awareness is just the biggest thing. And symptoms of that can manifest in different ways, like being critical, hypercritical. Perfectionism was a huge symptom for myself and realizing I needed to change. So I'm sure that is a common theme with a lot of other people as well. Judgy. People are judgy, aren't they? Yeah. (laughs) I find it in everything. Negativity. Yeah. Yeah. It's maybe hard to not be sometimes, but you have to step back and maybe not be judgmental. But that's not my question. My question is, how important is having a routine and how do you establish one and follow it in a way that adds value to yourself, your self-esteem, your self-awareness, just those things you talked about? Routine is everything. I read a book called Tiny Habits by behavioral psychologist BJ Fogg. Highly, highly recommend it. If anyone has a hard time gaining motivation to do their goals and achieve their goals, but routines are so important because when you set a routine in your life, you develop more confidence in your ability to do something. And a lot of the times when we set big goals and we don't achieve them is because we're lacking the motivation, but we can't rely on willpower and motivation to change. So the only way to bypass that is to set small, realistic goals for yourself. They call tiny habits or atomic habits something so small that you can't not do it. For example, I think one of the things that he recommends is do one jumping jack in the morning, literally just one. It's ridiculous. But when you can do one thing and you can apply this to any area of your life, then you're like, oh, that was easy. Let's do more. And then you build off that confidence and you feel more motivated as you do that more often. I just literally a few weeks ago listened in on a seminar and we were talking about atomic habits and the example they used is getting up and driving to the gym. And in fact, for this one particular person, for the first week, all he did was drive to the gym. He didn't work out. He just drove to the gym. And so the habit (laughs) became driving to the gym, not working out and introduced the actual activity at the gym after the habit of just getting up and going to the gym every day was established. (laughs) The working out was the easy part. The getting to the gym was the hard part. Exactly. It's interesting how that works. In our world, I would say people maybe lack a routine in that they would do a financial plan, but not follow up on it, not track the progress. So you need that routine of rebalancing and doing things like that. So I'm not going to talk too much about investments. I know that's not what we're here to talk about today, but in your website, you talk about having a daily gratitude journal. This is really interesting because I did a course, a Yale course on Coursera. Greg, are we recommending Coursera to the Yeah, listeners? it's a fabulous. Fabulous. It was a free course. <laughs> it was like the most popular course at Yale and you could do it for free. And it was on the science of well-being. And ah, it was really good. And one of the things was a gratitude journal. So tell us a little bit about your take on that. Great question, Colin. I love that course, by the way. I took it and it's transformative. It's amazing. Gratitude journals are As cheesy and as stigmatized as they are, they work. (laughs) It was one of my gateways into just becoming happier and just taking control of my life and sets the tone for the day. One of the things that I recommend the most with my clients is just setting the tone right in the morning, which means feeling good right away because how you start your day is how you finish your day. 
And what better way to do it than by gratitude and just expressing whether in your head or out loud, just saying what you're grateful for, but then also really feeling it. Like we can say all these things as much as we want, but it won't become true unless we put our feel good emotion towards it. And it's going to be weird right away to start saying gratitude statements, but after a while it becomes such a habit that it becomes your second nature. It's really powerful. Give us an example of what you would, and it doesn't be too personal, but what would you write down in a gratitude journal? I would say things like, I have what it takes to be successful. And if that doesn't feel real to you, for example, one of my big goals is making a big financial gain in my business. Say you're, I don't know, a coach or whatever you do in your business, say the next month, your goal is to make like 10K months. If that doesn't feel real to you, I am on my way to making X, Y, and Z dollars this next month. Because when you say that, you want to believe yourself when you're saying these things. Interesting. I've heard as well, some people, certainly the way they word things around people that are on a diet and they're presented with a piece of chocolate cake or something. And there's a real difference when they refuse it by saying, I can't eat that as opposed to, I don't eat that. And just looking at how you approach your life and those kinds of decisions can make a big difference, I guess. I don't eat chocolate cake or I don't eat sweets. I mean, that's how you live your life. Whereas I can't, it's a restriction on you that is external, not internal to your own feelings. So absolutely interesting. Yeah, I can make that better. <laughs> Would you say like, I can't be judgmental or I won't be judgmental or, <laughs> or I'm, I'm not judgmental? I'm not a judgmental person. <laughs> Typically, but yeah. except in this yeah. case, I'm going to judge. We're only human here. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about your typical client. Who do you work with primarily and the kinds of things you do? Are they relevant to all people? How do you like to approach your business? I approach it individually. I think not every one person is going to have the same cookie cutter way about going about things. And I think that's why coaching is such a great field because what works for one person might not work for another. But most of the people that come to me are either entrepreneurs or just ambitious people looking to have that growth-focused mindset. Also, a lot of the holistic and a lot of the health population that I've worked with in the past have come to me too for coaching. So if they have some breakthroughs when they realize they come in for one thing and then they come out with (laughs) so much more transformation. Sure. How does your coaching work? So what is your schedule of coaching? Is it a three-month program, six-month program? How do you approach it typically? For right now, it's a three-month program. It's a bi-weekly Zoom call for an hour and unlimited like conversations in between those calls. It's really transformative when you can have that full hour to sit down with someone and coach them through a roadblock. I have four different pillars in my coaching program. We focus a lot on mindset in the beginning and confidence building because confidence is so important for everything. Talk a little bit about goal setting and creating a personal roadmap for someone. That includes getting real clear on how to feel better physically, because it's not just the mindset. The end of my coaching program, we really get clear on how to set that health goals and develop a system that works for the person. I feel like you are describing our process in describing your process, (laughs) really, because you're talking about four pillars and setting goals and having a roadmap and tracking your progress. I mean, that's exactly what we're doing on the finance side. So there's a lot of alignment here. Maybe that's the point that we were trying to make before of health and wealth. They kind of go hand in hand. Absolutely. And I think they do. And for us, Charlene, what we very often run into is some of the beliefs 
that we deal with are, I need to follow the stock market every day. I have to check in with CNBC to see how I'm doing. And these are, in many ways, they're very counter to what's beneficial in the long run, which for us is develop a good plan and stick with it and don't diverge from that. And there's all these distractions along the way. So for people that are trying to live a healthy lifestyle and eat the right foods, there's obviously, we know many distractions to that. And the same- Called a refrigerator. Exactly. (laughs) And for us, it's the same thing. It's like, don't get lured away by the shiny objects and try to keep focused on the goal. So I think there is a lot of overlap. One thing you talked about sort of with the gratitude journal as well, for some people that's going to seem like kind of, I don't know what it's- Hokey. Hokey, or just not the kind of thing that I would do or something like that, but just the kind of things you do in general, lifestyle coaching and helping people with lack of confidence. It's, I think more and more people are doing it and, not, and women and men and people of all different ages. How do you see that progressing, the health awareness and people taking charge of their own health and their own self-limiting beliefs, improving themselves over the next 5, 10, 20 years? Because obviously there's been a lot of change to this point already. Definitely. I see it progressing very well. I think that there's more awareness over mind, body, health, and personal success, personal growth, and realizing that we are the drivers of our own lives and we have the ability to, to change directions. To your point about trusting yourself and your intuition, it's listening to your needs and your goals and your desires and sticking with it. I definitely see it progressing in a really good way and bringing more awareness to it. Well, I mean, in your website, you talk about, and I'm going to quote your website here. I utilize my knowledge in NLP, hypnosis, time techniques, EFT, and as a life plus success coach to help people overcome self-sabotage, doubt, and overwhelm so that they can achieve a deep inner fulfillment and passion for the life they created. Like, that sounds pretty awesome. Like, that's where I want to be. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. All those things you just listed, you can have all these titles, but when it gets down to it, the biggest thing about being able to do the work that I do is it all comes down to one thing. And that's working with the part of our minds that no one focuses on, which is like the subconscious mind. I've never learned about it. This is like stuff they don't teach you in programs, schools, teachers, parents don't tell you about this. No one really knows about it, but we have two parts of our mind is the conscious and the conscious is us doing the daily things, waking up because the alarm tells us, going into the fridge because we're hungry, blah, blah, blah. The subconscious is the behind the scenes stuff, the stuff that's responsible for the habits. And so using things like the time techniques, the life and success coaching, hypnosis, even there seems to be a lot of stigma around that thing, that kind of work. But what it really does is it actually talks to the part of your brain that's responsible for changing habits. So you're able to do that. You're able to do it. Otherwise you probably wouldn't if you didn't have these modalities and a coach to show you how to work through that yourself. What are time techniques, by the way, just because it's been mentioned. (laughs) I just learned about it a year ago. (laughs) So I think it's somewhat of a newer modality, but time techniques is also called timeline therapy. And what you do with someone is you go back in time when you're coaching them, bring them back to a past where they had a self-limiting belief or decision that stops them from achieving a goal that they're looking to work towards in the future. So you go back in time to when they think that happened, most likely in childhood, because that's a lot of where our beliefs are formed or where they feel like that emotion came from. And 
we identify it and I won't really get into the meat of the technique, but it really is, you have to go through it to kind of experience it, but we work to eliminate it and identifying. And I think the biggest thing with this technique is we work to change the picture in your mind. So when you feel differently about something and you look at it differently, the picture changes everything. So when you change that from like a negative, discouraging picture to a positive, empowering one, that actually improves your mindset moving forward on your goal. So you're able to work towards it rather than getting discouraged by it. Well, what I hear there is like your perspective is your reality. Your perspective is everything. So, hey, listen, what are the top three things? Maybe we can close this out soon with this, but the top three takeaways that our listeners can take from your discussion or from working with a person like yourself, what three things or two or whatever are most important? Ooh, three things. I have to minimize it to just three. Really? Or make it five or <laughs> 10. I don't care. No, I don't want to overwhelm people. That's great. I can try this. So I guess the first thing is just when you're focusing on any goal, financially, health, whatever, just focus on what you do want and what you don't want. I'm sure you hear this a lot in the financial world, but for a lot of people who are trying to have more financial gain, rather than saying like, I don't want to be in debt, it's focusing on, well, what do you want to accumulate in the future moving forward? So future oriented. And the second thing is rather than relying on willpower and motivation, focusing on setting small goals for yourself to be successful. That's one of my secrets to personal success. Tiny habits. Take one big goal, focus on that one big goal and break it down into three small micro goals. Things that you can do weekly, daily. And I guess the third thing is have fun. (laughs) There's so much seriousness around this topic, but like when we're not feeling good, it's hard to get motivated to do anything. So really just getting to a state where you're feeling joy and just excited about your goals and excited about life because it's hard to do something that you don't want to do or don't feel joy about doing. Well, that's an excellent point because as you say, people can get so serious that they forget that there's a lot of good stuff out there and you can have a lot of fun and enjoy yourself. Yeah. Cause what's the point? Cause every day you're one day closer to death, right? <laughs> so you might as well have fun with that day. Oh, exactly. well, thanks for putting such a positive spin on it. <laughs> that was my subconscious mind coming through. The negative mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Love well, it. you know, what we didn't ask you or we didn't point out to the listeners is you're joining us from Boston. Do you say Boston? Boston. Uh, Boston. Some do. I don't No. Well, how do you say it? Boston. See, you sound Canadian to yeah, me. Like was, you, you have no... You have a Canadian accent, it yeah. turns out. My boyfriend plays all the Canadian... We have the hockey going on. There's so much culture around here. There you go. Canadian culture. Yeah. That's right. Yes. And you're having chowda for dinner tonight? Chowda. Chowda. Yeah. Yeah. And I got a pak the ka over there. Pak the ka. Pak the ka. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to do a speed round with you. Well, actually, before we do that, can you tell us how people find you? Absolutely. You can find me on my website, www.charlenevalentine.com. But I am hanging around Instagram these days at handle at Charlene Marie Valentine. At Charlene Marie Valentine. Correct. That sounds a little Italian. Is it Italian? I do have Italian. Yep. I think 25% Italian in me. A quarter Italian from Boston. We hit the jackpot here. (laughs) We did. (laughs) Okay. That's perfect. (laughs) So for our speed round. And this is just for fun. You've gotten through all the heavy lifting, so thank you for that. This is just a fun little speed round. Greg, you want to kick us off? Sure. What do you do for fun when you're not working? Ooh, go to concerts. What are those? Yeah. I don't remember what oh, those Oh, yes, are. I've heard of those. But uh, <laughs> Are those just on TV? 
Once upon a time during pandemic. And what type of concert is live music? What do you like to hear? What type of music? My boyfriend and I are diehard country fans. So that's where we're hanging around these days is the country music concerts. I didn't realize people from Boston listen to country. Oh, You're yeah. blowing my mind here. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of hardcore. You'll need to make a trip to the Calgary Stampede one year if that's the attitude. I have to. And what about any books? What books are you reading? Ooh, I just picked up, actually, just got it through Amazon, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. It's a book about personal success. So it goes perfectly with our topic. Excellent. Any shows you're watching? Do you binge anything? Yeah. Oh, man. Who hasn't heard about Handmaid's Tale? <laughs> That's right. Actually, I haven't heard of it. What, what is it? Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to get on that wagon. <laughs> it's not like I don't watch TV. I mean, I feel like that's all I've done for 16 months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's good. I recommend. Other than Free Lunch, the podcast you're on, are there other podcasts that you listen to? I mean, there's so many others in the personal development realm. Nothing top of mind that, I mean, I listen to a lot of Tony Robbins. I have to say that. Tony listens to the free lunch podcast, I hear. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Wow. That's a big deal. (laughs) Okay, let's get to the Canadian specific, Greg. Okay. What is craft dinner? Craft dinner. I bet you've had it. The mac and cheese. There we go. All right. (laughs) It's sold as craft dinner in Canada only. Really? Oh, yeah. Grew up with it. And that was more than a few years ago. As a kid, yeah, that was my dinner a lot. Exactly. Or as a college student. <laughs> you right. This is a loaded question because I can confirm that there's no way that I can spell Massachusetts. But how do you spell Saskatchewan? Because that's where Greg and I are from. Oh, no. Oh, I have to spell Saskatchewan? Yep. Right now. No cheating right now? Okay. S. <laughs> a. S- You're on a roll. S. Yep. Let's see. It's either a Q or a C-H, right? Wrong. It's a K. S-A-S-K. Yeah, but you were getting there. You were getting there. Not too bad. All right. Well, I tried. Started off strong. Yeah. One more for her, Greg. Last one. Are you a cat or a dog person? Neither or both? Ooh, dog person all the way. Right on. We share that with you then. Well, listen, thanks for joining us today. Before we let you go, we got to say go Bruins for your sake because they're in the playoffs right now, but the Calgary Flames are not, Greg. I don't know if you were aware of that. I was aware. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate your insight on all things mind related. We got to beat down that subconscious, focus on the conscious. That's what we're trying to tell people. Absolutely. Take back control. Well, that's great. All right. Thanks again, Charlene. Great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Free Lunch Podcast hosted by the CM Group at CIBC Wood Gundy. To subscribe to this podcast to get more realistic insight on investing or to connect with one of our talented partners, please head on over to markets-work.com. We'll see you next time on the Free Lunch Podcast. The CIBC logo and CIBC Private Wealth Management are registered trademarks of CIBC. If you are currently a CIBC Wood Gundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Private Wealth Management consists of services provided by CIBC and certain of its subsidiaries, including CIBC Wood Gundy, a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc. CIBC Private Wealth Management is a registered trademark of CIBC used under license. Wood Gundy is a registered trademark of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Colin Andrews and Greg Kraminski are investment advisors with CIBC Wood Gundy.
This information, including any opinion, is based on various sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy cannot be guaranteed and is subject to change. CIBC and CIBC World Markets, Inc., their affiliates, directors, officers, and employees may buy, sell, or hold a position in securities of a company mentioned herein, its affiliates or subsidiaries, and may also perform financial advisory services, investment banking or other services for, or have lending or other credit relationships with the same. CIBC World Markets, Inc. and its representatives will receive sales commissions and or a spread between bid and ask prices if you purchase, sell, or hold the securities referred to above. CIBC World Markets, Inc., 2021.